If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. These are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Thank you so much. My name is Chase. This is Chase Talks Hip Hop, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop podcast, and we're in for one today. This is going to be my monthly wrap-up of all the interesting fuck shit that's happened in the month, I guess. And, um, you know, it, it's really been weird because, like, there have been a few things that have happened um, in this month, in the week, actually. But I want to talk about a really weird thing with the Chet Hanks and what he calls white boy summer. And it, it's really weird because, um, I mean, I'm an MC myself and it turns out that I'm Caucasian. So I feel like I got to chime in on this shit with Chet Hayes. Um, Chet Hayes, come on, man. Like, just real quick. Like, I, I'm not going to go in whatever on him. I think he's stupid. Sure. Whatever the fuck. But listen, dude, you got to stop this shit. Stop this shit dead in its tracks. It isn't helping, bro. You saying white boy summer stupid as fuck. It's very stupid. And but maybe the intelligence does come from the fact it is garnering attention. Maybe if that's what your goal is, well it worked, you know? But I, I don't know. I think that there is a lot of um depth to this shit than people may think, you know, because he mentions, you know, Jack Harlow, I believe, maybe a few other names, white MCs, whatever. But I think it's not good to throw Jack under the bus for this white boy summer shit because he's a dude who happens to make good music who is white. Yes, maybe do do, do they try to market it as that? Maybe, maybe so. But Jack at, in himself, I don't think he should have been thrown in that. I think that's kind of unfair because in a way that's, it's like they're trying to say Jack is a, he's trying to say Jack is a vulture in a way. I, I don't really like that shit. But I think Chet Hanks is a, is a real culture vulture if you really want to like look at one. But really him saying this stuff does isn't cool because white boy summer, it just, it just doesn't sound good. I'm sorry. It doesn't sound good. Um... But I found this article on Hot New Hip Hop, and uh, this is pretty funny. He offered a few cardinal rules to those wishing to participate in white boy summer. While previously the subject of intense scrutiny for accusations of cultural appropriation regarding his use of Jamaican Patois accent, despite having no direct Caribbean lineage, no shit, Tom Hanks kid, uh, Chet Hanks, aka Chet Hayes, has generally become viewed as a source of comedy for social media users far and wide. His confident declaration of summer 2021 being a white boy summer is the latest of the actor's antics to earn his viral status. Continuing to hone in on the declaration, the 30-year-old has just laid out the rules and regulations for those hoping to participate in this summer's festivities. Wow, wow, wow. Woke up today, internet, internet gone mad. Again, sheesh, remarks Chet, briefly reverting back to his controversial patois accent in an Instagram story post. He then gets straight into some cardinal rules of white boy summer with reposts of the videos that viewed that have been viewed over a million times across social media channels. The first rule Chet lays out pertains to banning plaid patterned shirts. Can't be looking like a picnic table out here, boys. Leave them shits at home. The Vineyard Vines just put on a black tee or a white tee. Keep it simple, declares the champion crusader of this summer's white boy summer. 
Next up on this list of banned items are Spiri Top Siders. That is not the kind of white boys we're talking about, clarified check. Get yourself some Vans, some Jordans. I'm not really a sneakerhead, but you know, feel it out. He suggested to those wondering how to join the club. Uh, this is very stupid, but it also like the vagueness. It doesn't make any sense. He then goes on to prohibit members of White Boy Summer from calling women smoke shows. His final regula regulation for those hoping to join in on whatever antics White Boy Summer shall entail is tossing out anything salmon colored in your wardrobe. Burn it. Burn that shit. Don't ever wear that again. Um, he closes out the declaration by adding, bottom line is, it's time for us to evolve. Okay, period. It's time for us to grow Pikachu, to write you, you know, dig it, church. Uh, he said this, <laughs> I guess. Um... Dun, dun, dun. At this point, only Chet knows whether or not he's being serious. Either way, let us know what you think. Okay, yada yada. Um, yeah, I th I think that this is pretty much as um as stupid as this shit gets. And like looking at all this news, like this is why I really don't do all the flavor of the week stuff. But if I'm going to be doing this, I'm doing this my way. You know, I got to do this my way. I'm gonna skip over the stuff about famous decks getting charged. I don't care about people and their crimes or whatever the sh shit they did do or did i'm not going to get into that shit because i don't want any of that negative stuff to reflect back on me in the future i'm not trying to create beef because people are going through legal issues so i avoid all damn near anything legal i got a comment on chet hayes though because the dude is a bit of a clown and that's just how i feel and oh and apparently master p and eminem unite in the classic throwback picture Let's see, Eminem and Master P are hanging out. Maybe they're uh, doing some music together. Master P offers up a few words of motivation, sharing a nostalgic throwback picture of himself and Eminem. There isn't much that Master P hasn't accomplished in the entrepreneurial sense, having earned his place as one of hip-hop's greatest businessmen. Originally raised in the notorious Calliope projects in New Orleans, P managed to overcome the adversity of his, of his environment and relocate to Oakland, California, where he launched a record, a record store called No Limit Records, the first chapter in what would grow to become a hip-hop empire. Since then, P has gone on to achieve greatness in the music industry, having saved Snoop Dogg from a doomed death row deal in the late 90s, among other crucial accomplishments. Today, uh, P took a moment to share a bit of inspirational wisdom, once again sharing an epic throwback picture featuring himself and Eminem to further, to further contextualize his message. When you come from poverty, don't be afraid to grow, change, and better yourself. He captions, tagging Eminem's page. Don't go backwards, go forward. There's no limit to your dreams. It should be noted that this is not the first time P has shared this particular image, having previously posted a similar message in 2018. Though he and Eminem have never collaborated on wax in any capacity, it's clear that the pair of rags to riches legends have mutual respect for one another. Historians might recall that Eminem nearly signed a record deal with No Limit at the oh I didn't know that at the onset of his career a tidbit previously revealed by P during a 2015 M, uh, MTV interview Anybody you can think of called me for advice, thinking, what can I do to get with No Limit? P explained, Eminem to T.I. to anybody you could think of. We done had that conversation where they wanted to be with No Limit. Though M notably went on to make history as a key member of Dr. Dre's Aftermath Entertainment, it would have certainly been interesting to hear how he might have evolved bearing the No Limit banner. Check out P's Eminem throwback picture alongside Master P below. And, um, no, no, it's Eminem and, and he's wearing a 50 cent hat. That's actually pretty trippy. That's really cool. Shout out to 50 
and it's Master P, and this looks like 03 Eminem, 04 Eminem, not era. That's pretty interesting, and I actually did a, po a podcast about Master P and No Limit not too long ago. If you're interested, you know, please go follow it, check it out. Um, I, I talked about No Limit and his legacy behind that. Um, this week, I'm also going to be talking about Kendrick Lamar quite a bit. Um, I'm definitely going to be doing the, the To Pimp a Butterfly album podcast. That shit should be dropping Friday. Um, I'm going to be doing a legend segment about Kendrick because it's very, very deserved. NLE Chapa, please, brother, stay out of trouble, man. Um, I don't want to get into all that. Again, I don't want to talk about people's like personal, personal life. Um, wow. And apparently there has been an altercation between Quavo and Sweetie. And I, I've been saying I don't want to get involved with personal shit. But um, I got to read this because this happened not too long ago. A new, I haven't seen the video either, but um, I'll just read this. A newly surfaced video shows Quavo and Sweetie getting into a physical altercation in an elevator. The minute and a half long clip released by TMZ on Tuesday shows the former couple struggling in an elevator reportedly sometime in 2020 before they announced their recent split over infidelity. The short video, which is embedded below, appears to start with Sweetie swinging at Quavo at an apartment complex in North Hollywood as they struggle for an orange Call of Duty case. As Quavo knocks her to the floor in an effort to get the case, Quavo stands with the case, not helping his then-partner as she's lying on the floor. Although he looks down at her several times, the door opens to reveal someone standing outside of the elevator, but that person doesn't enter. At the end, Quavo places the case on the floor and stops the doors from closing and waits until Sweetie picks herself up and exits. Sources told TMZ the incident took place at an apartment building where Sweetie was renting. Complex has reached out to representatives for both Sweetie and Quavo for a comment. Earlier this month, Sweetie revealed that she and the Migos rapper split, tweeting that she endured too much betrayal and hurt behind the scenes for a false narrative to be circulating that degrades my character. Quavo responded saying, I had love for you and disappointed you did all, and disappointed you did all that. You are not the woman I thought you were. Um, yeah, so that doesn't look good for Quavo. If all that is true, and he really did that, that is fucked up. And, um, yeah, that's uh, really fucked up, you know. Um, I feel for Sweetie and that. I do not co-sign violence towards women in any way. That shit's cowardly. And, again, I just want people, like, to, co to come to, to terms with certain things. That certain things are just fucked up. Um, yeah, I, that's some, that's some shit. So, like, basically... You know, so far, we've had the stupid white boy summer shit. And uh, we had Master P and Eminem. And then we even came down to this stuff with uh, Sweetie and Quavo. And this is why, like, again, I'm not usually known. If you listen to this podcast, like, I'm not usually commenting on this type of stuff. But, like, in, a in order for me to build up more viewers, I got to do this from time to time and comment on what's going on right now. And I need to be better about that. You know, that's why I can't always talk about stuff always in hindsight. Sometimes I got to be in the moment. And that story just came out. All right. And uh, this is uh, regarding Nipsey Hussle's accused killer request bail reduction. Nipsey Hussle's accused killer, Eric Holder, is still trying to get out of the slammer. Holder's public defender, Laun Young, filed a bail reduction motion stating even a reduction of bail down to $4 million should satisfy any concerns by the court and the district attorney, as reported by Revolt. Young argues that the isolated nature of the case means that Holder isn't a threat. Additionally, he doesn't own a passport and has strong familial and community allegiances. The prosecution has, has until Tuesday to respond to the motion. Nipsey Hussle was gunned down by Holder in front of his retail store after the two exchanged words that had something to do with Mr. Agashon accusing Mr. Holder of snitching. 
Holder fled the scene after he was caught on camera firing multiple shots at the rapper and was arrested two days later. He was indicted. Da, 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 he was indicted. Sorry. Um, Nipsey Hussle was good. What is with this? He was indicted on counts of murder, at attempted murder, and weapons charge. A follow-up hearing has been scheduled for April 6th. Jesus Christ. Fun fact, it's one day before my birthday. My birthday is April 7th. Hot in this bitch. It's hot in this bitch. It's hot in Los Angeles. What? Whew, gotta wipe my forehead, people. Sorry. Wipe my forehead a bit. Wipe my shoulder. You know, doing this podcast in a hot car. This shit ain't easy, but I do it for y'all because I love you. Mm. God, I love to suffer. God, I love to suffer. Um, but I do it for y'all. <laughs> um, Warner owned hip hop media platform Hip Hop DX. Dun, 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 what is this? Expands into Asia. Nice. Go for Hip Hop DX. Damn. I'm gonna have to screenshot that, uh, post that up for love because you know what? That's awesome. I really fuck with Hip Hop DX. That's really cool. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, Warner Music Group owned hip hop media platform Hip Hop DX uh, has launched Hip Hop DX Asia with, with a focus on Greater China, Southeast Asia, South Korea, and Japan. Hip Hop DX Asia was created to drive the globalization of hip hop music from the region, showcasing talent and connecting fans. According to a release announcing the news, MBW broke the news in September 2020 that Warner Music Group had acquired Hip Hop DX, a hip hop news, reviews, and commentary site. Okay, MBW, okay, so they're going to be breaking it into other countries, the, the globalization of hip-hop, all right. The Los Angeles-based HipHopDX.com is visited by more than 3 million people a month, while being followed by 1.6 million people on Facebook, 700,000 on Twitter, uh, 530,000 on Instagram, and 850,000 on TikTok. On YouTube, hip-hop DX shows are watched by more than 8 million people per month, and the platform has more than 850,000 subscribers. This is the latest expansion of the hip-hop DX brand globally, following launches of the platform in France and the UK. Hip-hop DX Asia will be led by... eh, Eddie Lim, a creative executive who was deeply involved in Asia's hip-hop scene. He previously headed up Rocket Fuel Entertainment, where he co-created and produced the hit barbershop cypher series, 16 Berries, which which culminated in the largest ever hip-hop concert in Malaysia. Hip-Hop DX Asia already had three flagship content series in production, and with the first episodes of Artist Profile series, The Glow Up, and Weekly Wrap Up, available to watch now. The Glow Up will introduce up-and-coming hip-hop artists to a wider regional audience, with the first show focusing on Indonesia's Ramen Girl. Future episodes will feature Hong Kong rapper JB and Japanese hip-hop artist Shirkin Pop. Weekly wrap-up airs every Sunday and highlights all the big news stories that come out of Asian hip-hop. A third series, Behind Bars, explores Asian hip-hop's biggest songs and is set to launch on April 1st with Joe Flizzle's Kiao, which features K-Clicks, MK, and South Korea's J-Park. Okay, I'm familiar with J-Park somewhat. The platform... We'll be introducing specials called DX Originals. The first DX Original documentary will tell the story of how an international hip-hop festival was held and signed Indonesia's top maximum security prisons, organized by an inmate more than a decade ago. That's really wild. Let's see. Taking the legendary hip-hop DX brand into Asia is a huge honor for me. There are so many brilliant original hip-hop artists in Asia right now, and that was a quote by Eddie Lim. 
Eddie Lim says, taking the da da da, it feels like the right time to try and break down the barriers between local scenes and help these performers find their space on a, a place on a global stage. The range of content series we are creating will help by offering greater insights into the various underground cultures around the region and shine a light on the incredible talent within Asian hip hop. It is about being local and staying true to what hip hop means to us in, in, the, in the US, but from the lens of what it's like to be in and grow up in Asia. Hip Hop DX founders and CEO uh, Shiraz Sherian added, it's about being local and staying true to what hip hop means to us in the US, but from the lens of what it has to be in and grow up in Asia. Where I just have read that. Sorry. <laughs> While there is the adoption of, I hate it when they put the quote up and then they immediately put the same quote. That threw me off. While there is the adoption of US hip hop culture to Asia, it still has its own style, slang, and venues, and of course its own music. Eddie is taking us on a journey to see it all. It's going to be awesome. Wow. Well done. You know, well done. Very uh, much respect to Eddie Lim. You know, that's not easy to to pull that shit off. And, um, you know, for him to do that, that's very exciting. And, um, you know, that's the thing. Like, the business world is always going to be super, super complicated. You know, the, the business world of music is always going to remain complicated. But, um, you know, it, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it really... Um, comes down to like some crazy shit to me like the fact of the matter of like that hip-hop is expanding it's awesome and it makes me happy you know i think that that's what this is like we talk about expansion the growth of hip-hop hip-hop expanding going into other countries is probably one of the best things that could happen you know because just growth is good in, in general so for the music and the culture to move forward we have to grow we have to you know, become more accepting, we have to change up things, and we have to develop as artists in new ways, and Hip Hop DX reaching out and um, doing that is very important, because if they don't do that, then it's going to be leaving a lot of gaps, and I'm appreciative of everything that goes down with um, this world of music, and just to be a part of it is really amazing. And even for me, like doing this new stuff, as you can tell, this isn't natural for me. I don't always talk about the newest stuff, but I'm doing this because I know this is what the people want. All right. And I'm doing this partially because I need to keep up on things. You know, um, there, there are a lot. There are imposters stuff going on every day, you know, um, every every day. And I want to talk about the university in Charlotte is offering a hip hop course on influential black women and they have a picture of the great Rhapsody and I have nothing but good things to say about Rhapsody. She's an amazing lyricist. Um, let's see. Damn, it's getting hot in this fucking car. I'm gonna open the door a bit. Sorry. Yeah, this is production value. People, the university in Charlotte is offering a hip hop course on influential black women. Bunzi said the purpose is to allow students to explore the history of black women dating back to the 19th century. Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. If you love hip-hop, why not learn its origin, JCSU Junior Class President Nadia Johnson said. The new hip-hop course at Johnson C. Smith University highlights what Rhapsody calls a love letter to all black women through the album's 16 tracks. It features songs titled uh, dedicated to influential black women, including Aaliyah, Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, and Nina Simone. I think one of the favorite discussions that I have during the semester comes out of the first comes out of the first track. Nina, doctoral student uh, Tyler Bunsey said, "Tyler Bunsey, UNC Chapel Hill African American Literature and Hip Hop doctoral student, heads the course." And uh, let's see. 
I think we need to start to see women as innovators in this culture, Bunze said. Uh, Bunze said the purpose is to allow students to explore the history of black women dating back to the 19th century and study the contributions of black women in an anti-black society that continues to devalue them, Bunze said. He even brought in different artists for students to learn from who also have lived experiences. Rhapsody raps about on her album. This semester, we've heard from Ciroc, Rod Diggin, and Sheikah, Purple Haze, Norris, Bunzi said. It's a feminine literature showing life through a different lens for students like Nadia Johnson. Once we get in class and we learn the different parts of hip-hop and black femini- and the black feminism movement, you understand what's going on in the real world, Johnson said. Well, that's really good. You know, that makes me happy to, to know that, like, there is a, a course and that, like, it's being put in... I believe what is it um in in Charlotte in Charlotte North Carolina because as we all know Rhapsody is from North Carolina and um that's really important like it's it's amazing to see that North Carolina is uh championing black women in general championing Rhapsody championing championing eh, I know championing the word uh but just good literature you know words are complicated as I just showed and um the fact of the matter is that they want to put that on a pedestal. I, I respect that entirely. And um, I'll make sure to leave links to everything that I've read. I'll make sure to do that because I'm a good guy. I'll cite my sources. I'm not bullshitting here. Um, perspective. Creating. Let's see. Hip hop. Let's see. Tuning in in Christian hip hop. Hip hop in the rock at Simmons Bank Arena canceled. Let's see. Um, you know what? Let's look at this one. This is by the Rochester City newspaper, and this came out in the beginning of the month. And um, this seems like a very positive article. And this is something again, like I don't. This is good for me because I don't know everything, and I'm I'm even screenshotting shit because um I need to keep up. I'm trying to keep up here. All right. In this new politically in this new in his new politically charged song, Rochester Rochester rapper Brandon E. V. White Brandon E. V. White challenges the listener with a simple question, how you MAGA? The message meant to challenge complicity with racism and white supremacy is delivered via a musical Trojan horse, a smooth jazz saxophone of a smooth jazz saxophone set over a loping hip hop a looping hip hop beat. It is, it, is, it is as if white is trying to make a bitter pill easier to swallow for a wider, easy listening audience. How You MAGA is quick to point out the bigotry of former President Donald Trump, who is, man, Donald Trump's a fuck up. We all know that. And uh, people who followed him and, and incited those riots are terrible and uh, there should be justice. And uh, what happened, just all that shit, them storming the Capitol was a fucking shit show and they should be embarrassed and ashamed. And it looks terrible on our fucking country. It's fucked up as it is. But um, yeah, I'm ranting again. White also picks generational failures in the American economic, political and media landscapes that have perpetuated the marginalization of black people. From the beginning, hip hop has highlighted the plight of black America and the last 14 months of racial injustice have felt like an affliction point, an inflection point that demands a response. White is one of the several Rochester hip-hop artists for whom the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Daniel Prude, and others, as well as the far-right riots and attempted pro-Trump coup, co-op at the U.S. Capitol in January have been indel- indelibly etched into their music. 
White lyrics ask pointed questions. What's CNN going to do when this clown is gone? Will they dial down the heat or keep the fire on? White, who you, who I got to actually, I might have to play this record on the next uh, playlisting I do. White, who uses the stage name Bushido Garvey, says that many Americans are not angry that Trump helped spread white supremacy and racism as president, but that he did so without dog whistles and appealed to the wide swath of the country. Do we maga through KKK or 401ks through the quiet or the riot or wide, through the quiet to through the quiet or the riot or wide grave? In the song, I say this is a which which wing of the vulture, which fang of the snake? Anti venom should be the culture, right? White says they're compete they're competing wings, but both of these wings kind of allow for this awful bird to fly. A compilation album that White participated in recently, as Bushido Garvey called "Negus Don't Don't Bow." Negus Don't Bow and released in November 2020 pulls even fewer punches and expresses more vitriol. Local rapper Demetrius Smith, aka Cello Brown, brought together several of his favorite Rochester rappers for the project, including White, Azaria uh, from Young, Black, and Gifted, Scribe to God, Capital C, and Halfies. When I approached everyone with this idea, I said, listen, just give me your raw thoughts. You notice in the lyrics that no one really held back on anything, Smith says with a chuckle. On the album's closing ch- track, Next on Next on the Noose, Hafiz's exp- expletive written tirade doesn't mince words. Fuck America, coward, please put my neck in a noose. I'd rather die right here than work for you. Smith acknowledges that that lyrics on the album are incendiary, but hopes that it will provoke people to listen and confront racism head on. Negus, pronounced Negus, is synonymous with king and is a title historically used for monarchs in the countries of Eritrea and Ethiopia. Anyway, that this album can anyway that this album can open up eyes to listen to what's going on to the message that one verse that one bar could have you listening to the entire album just off anger. He says, "I want the attention. I want people to realize that there's a fire that's really starting in this country that needs to be extinguished right now." And um, they have a whole entire track by track breakdown. I don't know his music enough, but I'll make sure to save this. I'll uh, put a link in the description so you could check out um, check out this music. And um, yeah, that's very awesome. And I'm happy that Rochester, New York is actually doing a lot more as far as the publications to help out underground artists. Shout out to Brandon E.V. White, a.k.a. Bushido Garvey. He's a dope MC. And um, yeah, like I said, it's it's been a lot going on in the news. And um, even Joe Budden, even the man Joe Budden and Rory, like it makes you wonder like, damn, um, if you don't know, Joe Budden, last few podcasts, he uh, hasn't had his usual co-host, Rory and Maul. And uh, I'm a fan of the Joe Budden show. I-, I love what he's doing. I think he's great at what he does. I think that he's a great commentator for the culture. I do disagree with how he treated Logic. I feel like he was too rough on him. I, I feel like he... I didn't like the Twisted Verse, and I admittedly did a podcast about it, but damn, like he called logic one of the worst rappers to grace a microphone i don't think that's fair in any way shape or form but joe budden overall i do think that he is an interesting voice on commentary hell i miss the everyday struggle show i think that everyday struggle was um one of the best hip-hop commentary outlets out and uh, i'm sad that that's gone i really liked it but um him doing the podcast him him doing what he does and the history uh, regarding the money, the business, the Spotify deal, we all know that, and I don't want to say that's contributed in any way to the relationships between 
Joe Budden, Rory, and Maul. That's not my place to say. But I saw an Instagram live yesterday, and he was talking about how he wants to, you know, go to therapy with Rory to kind of sort this shit out. And um, the thing is, I, I do think that, I mean, from personal experience, not to go too into it, I have had a situation where I've gone into business with three of my friends and it didn't work out well. And I think that that experience alone, I can see how this happens. And with also when you have egos in the mix, particular Joe, but in particular, Joe Budden's ego, um, you know, like all these things come into play and, uh, the aspect that there would be a little bit of tension does make sense. And I, I got nothing but respect for Joe Budden and Rory and Maul. I love the show. Hell, I'd love to go on and they'll say what's up. And, um, I do like their banter. I think that they're great friends. They banter like friends. And that's what makes the show magical is uh, the organicness, parks, everybody, everyone who's willing to show up and just talk that shit. It makes it fun. And um, when you take away Rory, you take away Maul, you take away these great elements, it does take away from the show. Because Rory, you know, he, he did have an amazing rant about the royal family stuff and all of that. Um, yeah, and, and to even touch on that, I do think that's very insane considering... Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. The royal family is very racist and fucked up. I'm not surprised about that part, but I am just surprised, like, you know, how people are shocked. Like, yeah, no, they're racist. You you didn't know that the royal family was racist. They didn't, you know, kill brown people and colonize shit. They did. They did. They're English. You know, they're white. It's fucked up. They come from a colonial background. And uh, the fact that they were so specific about the skin color of, uh, you know, Meghan and Harry's child is fucking terrible. And there's no way that people can take away from that or downplay it. It's wrong. And um, I think I had this listening to Rory rant about that. I, I love that stuff. You know, I really do think that the podcast is great that they do together. And I hope they get everything sorted out. I really do. Um, I'm a big fan of it. And, um, yeah, like, like I said, I, overall, I'm just staying a fan in this stuff and this monthly wrap up for me, I'm not the type of guy, I'm not too into this celebrity news. I don't know if you can hear me reading this, like this isn't my usual stick, but, um, you know, I, I'm just happy I have listeners. I'm very grateful, you know, to have the people around me that I do. And again, you know, if you enjoy the show, please like subscribe do everything possible. Tell your friends. I got my YouTube page set up. I'm going to be getting my podcast clips uh, set up through another channel. I'm uh, I'm moving up in this world. Expect my website to be out this month. I uh, My deluxe edition for my album has been finalized. It should be popping up on iTunes any minute. So believe me, believe you me, I got some big things coming. Music video dropping next month. Expect a few actually. And um, yeah, it's a wonderful life. It's a beautiful day. But what do you think about this? What do you think of the white boy summer with Chat Hayes? What do you think of the altercation between Quavo and Sweetie? What do you think about North Carolina adding a class about influential black women and artists? I want to get your whole opinion. What do you think about Joe Budden, Rory, Maul? You know, let's let's go. Let's get into this stuff. Um, once again, I appreciate you all for listening. This has been my little half hour show. Anyway, have a great day. Keep on rocking in the free world. I'll catch you around. I'm actually going to play a couple of records off my album to promote myself i hope you enjoy it um i'm gonna play i think i'm i might have to play textbook textbook with the man mark battles y'all gotta hear this shit anyway peace